Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcast we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined, finally, again, by Big Daddy G. It's Garth Jackson. How are you, my friend? <laughs> what an intro. It, it's impressive. <laughs> good, good Christmas. Exactly. It's Christmas, festive cheer. How are you feeling, yes. man? Looking good, looking forward to it. Um, I've been eating too much crap recently, though, so... Yeah, <laughs> already. <laughs> I know, but that's what Christmas is for. Everyone sacks off the gym, oh. and then come January, it's like the Royal Rumble. It's ridiculous. Every <laughs> fucker is in there. It's it's every man for himself. Yeah, you go Everyone's and use the weights, and everyone goes for that fifteen k dumbbell, and you're like, okay, this this, <laughs> and then come February, it's empty again. It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> but Goth, it's been a while since I've spoken to you. It feels like ages since we've done an impact. Review. I'm looking forward been, to this. It's been a couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, two weeks worth to catch up on. We have. Um, we have got highs and weeks. lows. There are some. There are a lot of highs. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. With all the controversies surrounding Raw and the fact that even the McMahon's are, you know, acknowledging that it's dog <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's dog shit. I mean, it's been nice to look at two relatively decent shows. One very, very good show. From yeah. the 13th of December, the last show yeah. that we saw. Um, and one, okay, showed yeah. some good matches. Um, but before we delve mm-hmm. in, a um, little bit of a rundown of what we're going to do on this podcast. So, because we have got two days' worth of impact, or two weeks' worth, I should say, of impact, we are going to do a very, very quick whistle-stop tour of the showing from the 6th of December. Yeah. Uh, just run through a couple of the matches, basically say what has happened, whether we agreed with it, was it the right right result, and so on and so forth. And then we'll go into a more in-depth review of the taping from the 13th of December, which, as it turns out, Garth, is the last 2018 Impact showing. Yeah, yeah. Good timing. It was yeah. really good shows, though. Very good shows, very good shows. But this sort of leads me into my one piece of news today. So, Garth, Impact released their Best of 2018 Fans' Choice Award with different categories. Um, And I want to get your take on some of the winners. Okay? Are you ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we'll start with Wrestler of the Year. Uh, So, Wrestler of the Year from Impact, chosen by the fans, is Sammy Callahan. Yeah, I can say that. He's He's had some of the sort of marquee matches, especially that Slammiversary one. That Slammiversary match was um, fantastic. And he's, I mean, his promos have always been on point. Stuff he did with um, Brian Cage of the week, that was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have probably put him in the, at the top sort of five, yeah. Yeah. I think he often gets overlooked because he's not the flashiest of wrestlers. 
And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he's been in some of the more dominating feuds on Impact. You know, he was involved in the OVE versus the Lucha Brothers feud. He was involved in uh, the stuff with Eddie Edwards towards the start of the year. And obviously that thing with yeah. Brian Cage, which was was unfortunately short-lived. But I think he's mm-hmm. I think he's a worthy a worthy winner of that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, knockout of the year, and I completely agree with this, was Tessa Blanchard. Easily, yeah. Yeah, I don't definitely. think we need to say anything else about that. Al- Go on. Alongside, alongside Betty, probably the best female wrestler. I mean, I mean, better wrestler than Betty, but Betty's obviously got a much better sort of character arc at the minute. Yeah, absolutely, and her Twitter game is absolute fire. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> tag team of the year, this, was, this must have been... Like an absolute landslide because it was LAX. Yeah. Um, yeah, easily. Yeah. LAX. I mean, are they is... undefeated this year? Um, ooh. I don't know. Well, obviously, we've had the belts for quite a long time. They've had them for a while. Now, obviously, me and you started watching religiously again at, you know, during Slammiversary. But yeah. whether they were defeated before then, I don't know. But they've had an absolutely outstanding year. They've been in the best matches easily, tag matches. Oh god, yeah. Oh god, yeah. I mean, we've we've said on this podcast that the fact that they've had three matches with uh, uh, the OGs, two of which were on back to back pay per views, and I've never found them boring. I found them quite compelling. That's testament yeah, yeah. to their work. Mm-hmm. They've done really, really even well. that even that stupid match where they took the mat off. They made it work. Yeah, the dangerous match that made us all slightly concerned for their safety. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I don't think there was anyone even close to touching them. I think if the Lucha Brothers had been a tag team for more of the year, I think they could have potentially rivaled them. But for their body of work and the fact that even outside of the promotion, they're having outstanding matches in Evolve. They had a fantastic match against the Young Bucks. Mm. So, you know, a great year all round for LAX and they remain one of my favourite things about yeah. Impact. Um, X Division Star of the Year goes to Brian Cage. Yeah, kind of expected that. Yeah. Um, as soon as he sort of came through the hot shot under that title. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, like I'll admit, like when I when that, they give him that belt, and from what I'd seen beforehand in sort of Lucha Underground, I, I was sort of dubious with him because I always thought he was quite sort of. Loose he wasn't as good as he is, but holy shit, <laughs> he's improved <laughs> and he's absolutely completely blew my theory out of the water. Yeah, he's had an absolutely phenomenal year and the progress he's made yeah. impact. And to be honest, I'm backing him to win at homecoming. I really want him to win at homecoming. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I think, I don't know, I think he will. I honestly think he could do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I'd love to see him take it because honestly, he's an mm. absolute beast. He's a genetic freak. Yeah. Um, the he's one someone you could one, he's someone you could send out, send out. He's somebody you could send out there, and they'd be like, "Yeah, he's a champion. He's he's the top of a company. He's like EC three. He reminds of EC three. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You look at him, and there's a legitimacy about him. There's just yeah, like there's this air of sort of yeah, like he's just so impressive. Yeah, he's he's an incredibly talented man, incredibly talented, incredibly yeah. jacked, and um, yeah, <laughs> I think we could be looking at the next Impact World Champion. Yeah. The one to watch in two thousand and nineteen, and I agree with this, and without even looking, 
I would have agreed. Killer Cross. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think his work... Yeah, his promo work doesn't need any work. He's oh my God, amazing. his promo work. His promo work, you know, his stuff with on Final Hour, in the lead up to Final mm. Hour, his promo work was just... I'm loath to say arousing, but <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely yeah. fantastic. It was it was Jake. We've said so many times, you know, he's his promo style is so Jake the Snake Roberts. But you know, there's no need yeah. to shout and scream at the camera. There's no need to Ahmed Johnson it. Um, you know, <laughs> he's just <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, he's just so yeah. concise. Everything he says is just. He's basically what I wish Bray Wyatt had been. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely. really glad. I'm really glad he had that brilliant character arc with the um, threesome of Ares, Moose, and himself. And this stuff with mm-hmm. John Morrison is so compelling. It really is. And it shouldn't it's so, be. It's so sort of... It, what I like about it is it, it teases, it sort of... Teases peeling back the curtain just a little bit. The way he addresses him by his real name, but not as—it's not as much as sort of throwing the curtain open, like Aries did. <laughs> right. So, finishing move of the year, Garth, the Pentagon Driver. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts towards that whatsoever? Um. No, I mean, to be honest, finish of the year is not really something that. I, Really think about. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something that. <laughs> to be honest, me. though, I mean, that rascal's finisher. I mean, they've only just come in, but holy shit, that, that's a good one. The hot fire flame. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a great finisher. Whether not. Nah, you know I they think, haven't been in there long enough, have they? Yeah, really? and I mean, Pentagons is one way you can pretty much do it anywhere. That's true, that's true. And I think, you know, we've seen it finish off matches and we've seen it being used on the big stage. So I think it's it's a good enough mm-hmm. it's a good enough move to be classified as that. I don't have any real thoughts about it if I'm perfectly honest. No, nah, no. Nah. Nothing sort of nothing I would get sort of pressures about anyway. No. And the final award, um, is the moment of the year. Now, this could have gone to any number of things, but I think the fans have got it right. It's gone to Sammy Callahan's baseball shot to Eddie Edwards. <laughs> that... I, keep, I keep forgetting that it was this year. Yeah, I do. I keep forgetting it was this year, to be perfectly honest. And it's interesting to see stuff that was post, that was pre-Slammiversary. You know, Bobby Lashley yeah. was in Impact this year. Mm-hmm. That was this year. You know, they were still in a PC six-sided three. ring at, at the start of this year. Yeah. So, you know, so much has changed for Impact this year and so much has happened in Impact this year that, to be honest, there could have been loads of things that were moment of the year. Pentagon winning the title at Redemption. Yeah. You know, we've got... Austin Aries walking out. (laughs) Austin Aries walking out. You know, the match between Pentagon and um, Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary. The entire of Slammiversary pay-per-view could have been a moment of the year. But I think ultimately because of the unfortunate exposure it gave to Impact and because it was just such yeah. a shocking moment that it, you know, when it happened and everyone's like, oh my fucking God. And the fact that it worked <laughs> it into an angle and the storytelling that was based around that and the fact that Sammy Cal- sorry, Eddie Edwards' character is still not recovered from that yeah. baseball shot in kayfabe and we're now in mm-hmm. December, I think it has absolutely won the plaudits for that. 
Oh well, I mean Eddie Edwards was at the time was pretty much going nowhere. Exactly, he was just he was a generic babyface. Yeah, um, and this has just catapulted him. Well, not, I mean, it hasn't catapulted him to the top, but it's given a character that Impact sort of use very regularly now. He's a main main person on that roster now. Exactly, and you know we'll obviously get into our into the taping from the thirteenth of December. But on that last taping, when he interjects himself into that main event between Moose and Brian Cage, the pop mm-hmm. he gets and the chance he gets, yeah. would he be getting that if this story arc hadn't happened? Who knows? Would nah. this story arc have happened? Irrelevant of that baseball shot to the head. Who knows? It's happened. Mm-hmm. I agree with it. It's been <laughs> moment of the year. Yeah, definitely. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our very, very brief recap of the show from the 6th of December. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through the results and I will then... We'll go into the three matches that actually mattered. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So, to start with, we had Dark Alley beating the jobber Heather Monroe in four minutes. To be honest, Garth, it's forwarded her character. We've learned that she will actually attack Kira Hogan because, Mm. you know, obviously very, very upset and morose and... Wooden and monotonous. Um, Kira Hogan <laughs> was convinced that Ali would not attack her. Obviously, we've gone past that now, and it was it was a nothing match really. I thought Heather Monroe got far too much offense in, but ultimately it was all about building that dark Ali character. She snapped, went for it, and I liked it. Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, it's it's given um, Ali seems to have sort of got a bit of intensity now with that character, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well this is a nice way to lead Rosemary back into into TV. Which yeah, yeah. is going to be nice. Um, <laughs> we then had the Desi shit squad of Rohit Raju and Raj Singh <laughs> defeating some jobbers, Jimmy and Johnny Boots and Tights, which is an awful name and should be stricken from the record instantly. Um, <laughs> it's awful, it's dog shit, and to be perfectly honest, I'm appalled that I've even said it out loud. Um, the Desi Hit Squad won in about three minutes. Still don't care about them, Garth. Nah, they're not really doing anything, are they? It's a shame because I want to like them. And when they, and I go back to this moment so much, but when they attacked Ishimori and Petey Williams post anniversary, it was like, brilliant, okay, fair enough. This could be a yeah. really good feel. And then it, just, it sputtered, it sputtered out. We got nothing mm. from it, and ultimately, no. their repeated comedy bits with Scarlet Bordeaux. I mean, Scarlet Bordeaux is a walking cringe fest anyway. But the <laughs> fact that they are then interjecting the Desi Hit Squad and Garma Singh, who can't fucking act, you know, it makes it even worse. And it lo- you lose all legitimacy for this tag team. You lose all respect yeah. for this tag team. I mean, at this point, I know Garma Singh has got an absolutely fantastic legacy in the wrestling world, but at the moment, I do not give a shit. Nah, it's and and the stuff like you say, the stuff to do with Scarlet Bordeaux is so cringe. It's so creepy and like pervy old man sort of thing. It's, it's just like no. And I understand that Scarlet Bordeaux is hearkening back to the Attitude Era and you know your Sables and Sunnies and things like that, but. Lechy old men weren't okay then. No. Lechy Vince wasn't okay. So Lechy weird Garma Singh is not okay here. And I just, I don't (laughs) care about them. And 
it's a shame because I'm sure Rohit Raju especially can go in the ring. Oh yeah. But they've just they've got no heat behind them at all. No one cares. That's the thing. Like nobody cares. And that's the no problem. reaction. No, and you know what are you supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? Um. Anyway, getting into the matches that actually meant something. We had our first two Ultimate X qualifiers, which means that come the end of this show, half the field for Homecoming was set for the Ultimate X match. Now, the first match was the opener of the show between Jake Crist and Willie Mack. Really, really good match. Really good yeah, match. Really good. Um, yeah. Willie Mack is fantastic. I absolutely love him. And if he's I his do. next thing is going into a feud with Sammy Callahan, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, because as, it was as just, you know, great stuff. Go on. It's, it was just such a good match. Like um, again, Willie Mack doing stuff that he shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> no, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be able to do the stuff he does. He's ridiculously agile. Kip ups and then moon standing moon moon salts. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? Jake Crist is underrated, and I think he is overrated yeah. because he's part of OVE, and OVE. You know, the whole premise of this match was the fact that OVE cheated and sort of attacked Willie Mack and Jake Chris ultimately defeated Willie Mack to progress because mm. of sh- shenanigans. So, yeah. but Jake Christ is a fantastic wrestler. His cutter from the top rope looks fucking brilliant. That was really good. Right? And his kicks. His kicks obviously are the, stiff. The, the big up is obviously his, um, like, is it French kickboxing he does? Yeah, I think so. Um, you can tell. Yeah, but, definitely. Like, his kicks are always, they're always on point. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's so good with them, which is, just makes it look all, all the better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, do you think the right person won here, Garth? Yeah, I do, because as much as I like Willie Mack, I can't see him in the Ultimate X match. And I don't, I don't know, I mean... I'd, li- I'd honestly like him to stay with Rich Swann as a tag team. Yeah. yeah I think well, they're a good team. No, I agree with you. I think they're an excellent tag team. But I am going to ask you at the end of this show who you think is going to win Ultimate X. And mm-hmm. if you're of the same opinion as me, then you will see why they aren't going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think I think Jake Crist was probably the right decision because Jake Crist is more likely to do stupid shit. Than Willie Mack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just boiling it down to brass tacks, Jake Christ is likely to leap, you know, off ridiculously tall structures and perform stupidly, you know, entertaining spots. Whereas Willie Mack, incredibly entertaining in the ring, but is he likely to do the same, that kind of thing? So, yeah. you know, looking at it from that perspective, I think Jake Christ was the right choice to go through. Yeah, definitely. Now, can the same be said for the second Ultimate X qualifier between Ethan Page and Matt Seidel, which Ethan Page won, surprisingly. Mm. It was. I, th- I get. I get the feeling that Seidel is at the point now where he's more sort of putting people over. Um, there was a point in it where it looked like he'd um, like legitimately injured himself. Yeah. I don't know if he had. I don't know if it was just a part of the story, but it looked there's a bit where he sort of did a kick and sort of landed awkwardly and it looked like he really hurt himself. But um Yeah. It was another good match. It was, it was okay. But Ethan Page, I don't know. Is he X Division material? No. In my opinion, no. I want 
Nah, I mean, I don't know if the member's just trying to do it to put a new face in the mix. Yeah, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. They want to build a star out of Ethan Page. But, and I said this in the last Impact podcast we did, who would I prefer to see in the Ultimate X match, Ethan Page or Matt Seidel? My answer is, unequivocally, Matt Seidel. Yeah. Because he's an outstanding worker still, and I think they could do something with it. I know he has already, he's been X Division champion. In fact, he was the X Division champion before Brian Cage. Um, Mm -hmm. But I still think... Matt Seidel could do a job and I'd be far more pumped. Now, Ethan Page could go out and prove me wrong at homecoming. In fact, I'm pretty sure he will. But yeah. I would be more pumped if Matt Seidel was in this match. Yeah, same. Yeah. I was slightly like shocked at the result, to be fair. Yeah, so was I. Um, I mean, I was surprised when it first happened that Jake Chris went over Willie Mack. Um, yeah. But, you know, we were half the, half the field were confirmed at this point for the ultimate Ultimate X match with Jake Crist and Ethan Page being confirmed. This led us to our main event, which was a mixed tag team between Johnny Impact and his wife, Taya Valkyrie, and the team of Moose and Tessa Blanchard. Now, before we start this review, Garth, of this match, or before we go into it in however brief a note we're actually going to go into it, if I see at the start of every single Impact taping from now until I die, Moose and Tessa Blanchard doing skits together, I am fucking sorted for life because those two that opening 10 seconds where Johnny Impact turns and gives Taya a kiss and Moose turns to Tessa Blanchard and goes are you going to kiss me come on kiss me and the look of absolute abject horror on Tessa Blanchard's face is just incredible absolutely brilliant they're really good together like all the way through this they were, they were. There was, in fact, there was one point, and it was just after this, where Johnny Impact rolls up Moose, Moose kicks out, and then Moose um, goes and hugs Tessa Blanchard yeah. as a tag. And Tessa Blanchard just go, get off me! You're embarrassing me. You're an embarrassment. Go and stand over there. And it was just, it was the most entertaining thing. It was brilliant. It was such good character work. And Moose, as this sleazy heel, is just incredible. I hope he never turns face again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this it's match was okay. Where he, um, he, te- he teases sort of that he's going to attack Tyre. <laughs> Before Johnny Impact comes up and kicks him in the head, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a it was a very uncomfortable moment. It was like, is he is he going to do it? I mean, he's teased hitting Alicia before, Alicia Edwards, when he first turned yeah. heel. But I was like, I mean, in a fight, genuinely, Taya, Taya could stand against Moose, to be fair. Probably. Don't doubt it. <laughs> um, I mean, I want to go back to a point you made um, a couple of podcasts ago about Taya and or Taya, however you want to say it. Um, I think she is becoming better and better and better every mm-hmm. time she wrestles. I mean, this was a far more convincing performance than yeah, the just... one at you know at Bound for Glory, which we were both oh, disappointed in. Um, yeah, I think she's just starting to settle. Yeah, so it must be like she's sort of settling. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought her and Tessa <clears throat> were the main points of this match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tyre going over ultimately was the right decision. And again, it's building up that submission move, <laughs> which we talked about, didn't we? We said about how this this she hasn't used the roads of Alhalla in a while. This submission move, which looks brutal yeah. as fuck, um, <laughs> is I think that'll be. 
the finish at homecoming. Who goes over? I've got no idea. But come homecoming, that submission will be the thing that Tessa manages either to get out of or will be the thing, yeah. and that will lead to her going over like very, very quickly, or it will be the thing that makes Tessa tap. Yeah, because she's used the sort of apron and the referee to get out of it in the past. So they're obviously teasing the fact that she needs to do something to get out of it. Yeah, they're building it as a dominant move and they're doing a good job of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but post-match, after Tessa had tapped, um, Moose and Tessa attacked Johnny and Tyre. But who should come to the rescue? <laughs> Killer Cross. Killer Cross. Very strange. Takes the, mm. um, takes the chair from Tessa. And then Brian Cage comes down. He clears the ring. There's a lovely <laughs> moment where uh, Brian Cage side of suplexes uh, Killer Cross and he just stands up. They have a stare down. Then yeah. the heels leave. <laughs> and we have a stare off between Johnny Impact and Brian Cage. Fade to black. Cross. Very, very, very interesting end to the episode, Gar. Yeah, really good. It sets up a number of things. It's good. It does. It sets um, up you've a got, good storyline. Yeah, I mean, you've got the cage, obviously cage impact. They're sort of constantly on about how they're close friends in real life. Yeah. Um, but then you've got Moose coming into it, sort of you don't know whereabouts he sits in the whole thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's left a lot for the for the watcher to sort of jump to conclusions, and I like that we're not being we're not having it forced down our throats. You're not really uh-huh. sure of the motivations, and I like that. So we move. Give, um, oh, sorry. When they give a shout out for uh, to Shady Acres oh with Eddie Edwards <laughs> and the return of Raven. Raven. It was. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that those segments were short-lived. If I'm honest. Um, but yeah, we can give a shout out to the return of Raven, who has not aged well. Time has not been Raven's friend. No, but it's funny. I mean, that the the stuff he's doing in there is funny. You can tell it's just him pissing about. Yeah, definitely. This is where he's like, "Orderly, orderly, <laughs> knocked over the game again." And he returns so steal in this the key episode. Card. He returns in this episode and he's just as entertaining. Yeah. Oh, that with the Eli Drake. With Eli Drake. So, <laughs> so good. It's it's really entertaining. It's really entertaining. So let's let's dive headlong into the thirteenth of December episode of Impact Wrestling. And we opened with the ultimate X qualifier between Rich Swan and Dave Christ. Now, Garth, I was I don't want to say underwhelming, because it was given I think just yeah. over four minutes, and I think it did the job it was supposed mm-hmm. to do in those four minutes. What did you think? Yeah, same. I mean, I've got written down it was it wasn't really much of a match. Um, couple of good moves, but yeah, it was. I mean, I think we knew where it was going to go anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We knew that Willie Mack would come down afterwards. We we should yeah. say that Rich Swan went over. Uh, with a cradle countering mm-hmm. a DDT. It is 100% the right decision to have Rich Swan in this match. Um, yeah. And I'm going to spoil everything now and say that he is my pick to win it. All right. <laughs> I'm going for Rich Swan to do it. Um, but I think this was more a vehicle to get to the next bit, which is the post-match beatdown. Now, as soon as Rich Swan pins Dave Christ via cradle... 
The two Crists, and it's important to note that Callahan doesn't, both Crists beat down Rich Swan. Now, Willie Mac then comes down to even the odds, but before Mac hits the ring, Sammy Callahan has already pulled the Crists off Swan. Yeah. Swan then pushes Mac into the corner and basically wards him off Sammy. Sammy and the Crists go backstage, and that is it. Yeah. Now, Weird. this I like. Yeah, because there's absolutely no. There's absolutely no signposting as to what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And jumping ahead one segment now, uh, they actually go backstage and discuss basically what the fuck has just happened. And Willie Mac says, yeah. come on, man, what is happening between you two? And Rich Swan actually says he does not want to go down that road. He knows Sammy, he's been down that road, and he does not want to get involved with him again. Yeah. End of segment. Now, I'm... I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this for several reasons. A, we're done with the Lucha Brothers and OVE stuff, which was brilliant, and I think it ran its course. It didn't get boring. And, yeah. you know, if we get, as I've said before, if we get Willie Mack versus Sammy Callahan, I am absolutely there with bells on. Yeah. And, I mean, you know Dave Chris is going to get involved in that Ultimate X match at some point. Yeah, absolutely. With Jake being in there. Absolutely. Now, one thing I hope it doesn't lead to is a dissolution of OVE. Yeah. Because I love OVE. I think they're a great stable. I think Sammy Callahan is an absolutely fantastic leader. I love the fact that Jake Christ is just copying Sammy Callahan. Love it. <laughs> I All really do. Exactly. I love him. The mini draw. I just it's just ace. <laughs> and, you know, the Christs are a good tag team. So I think they could be that dominant stable and I think they need to stay together to be perfectly honest. Yeah, definitely. Um we then had your favourite your boo, Moose. Oh, it's brilliant. This is just so good. <laughs> he's being interviewed by Mackenzie. And he it's just says, his opening straight away. He's just like, yes, Mackenzie, I did. I got your gift. <laughs> <laughs> this she is the opposite like... of Garma Singh and yeah. Scarlet Bordeaux. It's lechy, but funny. <laughs> it's not creepy. I got you a gift, it's... but one of his other girls stole it. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant it's just brilliant and then he delivers this promo to the camera about how he's not fo- he's not focused on Eddie Edwards doesn't care he's in Shady Acres he's focused on Brian Cage because machines can die but legends live forever and he is still known as the legend called Moose Moose <laughs> and for those who can't see at home which of course you can't it's a podcast I've just done the action and I don't regret it at all um <laughs> <laughs> We then had a stare-down in the ring, sort of a meeting of the minds between Taya Valkyrie and um, Tessa Blanchard. This yeah. was this was by the by, really. Um, we just sort of have a back and forth between the two with Taya going through, you know, how she is going to win the championship at homecoming and how Tessa doesn't know how to be a champion. And Tessa retorts with my favourite line, you only know what it's like to be a champion by watching your husband, and he's not even that good at it. <laughs> oh, shit, son. So <laughs> it, that, that was literally the only line of note. Um, but it was it was lovely how Tessa managed to put it down. I found Tessa really, really confident on the microphone. She was, And she was like, her actions just totally staring down, like proper old school standoff. Yeah, and it was it was really good, and I think having Josh Matthews in the ring as well helped as like a sort of a 
a mediator between the yeah. two. I did like it. It gave it that big match feel, mm-hmm. um, which, to be honest, was I pumped when I found out that um, Ty Valkyrie would be getting a rematch at Homecoming? Not originally, no. Mm. Um, but the more the stipulation, <laughs> yeah. Now that there is a stipulation with Gail Kim arriving and becoming the guest referee. I mean, Which they're certainly I stacking. Thought... They're certainly stacking the odds against Tessa, aren't they? Well, is Gil Kim back then? I don't understand. Is it just a one-off? I think it's more a case of the whole thing has been when Tessa has attacked referees, they cannot attack her. They can't yeah. hit her and respond. Whereas Gail Kim can. Yeah. And you know that's obviously going to play into the finish of this match. I can't um... see. Tessa walking out of homecoming with the title. Either because when I was watching it, I was thinking, right, okay, this is too one-sided now. Mm. Is there a big swerve here? What are you think? And is uh, Gail Kim going to do a heel referee role and turn at the end of the match or something? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know, I just think it seems a bit too clean, if you know what I mean. Like Tessa comes, I mean, uh, Gail comes down and she's sort of, she's the good guy, she's the legend, she's coming down and do the ref job. Tessa, I don't know, I don't know. know. If I knew that Gail Kim was signed, I would would say she's definitely going to screw Tess out of out of it, and then they're gonna have a feud. But I don't know. That's why I like it. That's why it's good because it's keeping us guessing. Thought provoking, isn't it? Very. Um, <laughs> I will. I will ask now. Gut feeling. First thought is Tessa walking out of homecoming the champion. Yeah. You think, think she is? I think she's retaining. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'd love her to because we love Tessa Blanchard here at Podmania, but we shall see. This led us into the next Ultimate X qualifier, the final one between Trey Miguel and Trevor Lee. Trey Miguel, obviously the third of the Rascals, the man we didn't see in action the previous week. What do you think of? The Fresh Prince of Midair. The Fresh Prince of Midair. I would argue (laughs) if we had a Podmania end of year award for best nickname, that would absolutely wipe the table. Absolutely incredible nickname. I even wrote it down. Yeah, I can tell how good it is because you've made note of it. <laughs> I thought it was excellent, to be fair, considering it was quite a short match. Another short match, yeah. Both both didn't total over 11 minutes. I just thought the mat and the um, like the countering and all that sort of thing, and the, the feints and things like that, I thought were really good. Especially um, Trey's sort of, he did like a sort of feint and then like an outside Rana yeah. sort of thing. Just excellent. He's really a... excited to see see these guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm... It's a shame that Trey Miguel went through at the expense of Trevor Lee because yeah. I love Trevor Lee. Um, <laughs> it did make me laugh that the only thing that Don Callis and Josh Matthews could talk about in this match was whether they thought Trevor Lee looked better with chest hair or without chest hair. <laughs> And Don Callis just said to Josh Matthews, yeah, well, you can't grow chest hair, can you? So it's obviously yeah. why you like it. <laughs> it's just like, we've got a match to talk about, guys. We have a Trey <laughs> Miguel in the ring. Um, but yeah, Trey Miguel, 
is going to be absolutely fantastic in this match. And yeah, he did think, a six one nine in the corner as well. He did, he did, and I think the I think Impact have done a great job of building the Rascals, all three of them, as really really solid stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to seeing them in 2019. I sort of wish yeah. they debuted earlier, if I'm perfectly honest, but yeah. um, I think the writing was on the wall with this one. They weren't going to have Trey I'm Miguel losing his debut match. Definitely looking forward to see what he can do in that match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, t- for me, for me, this is this is the match to look forward to. This and the tag team match. Yeah. The tag team match between LAX and the Lucha Brothers is is going to be at, well. If this next match is anything to go by, is going to be absolutely incredible. And um, I think the Ultimate X match, I think it's going to live up to its billing without a shadow of a doubt. So Garth, yeah. I've asked you about the women's match. Gut feeling, we will do a preview show, obviously of Homecoming, but yeah. gut feeling at the moment, who is walking out the X Division champion? Uh... Probably Rich Swan, I would say. You're copying me, are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I... think he's the he's the. I, I'm loath to say it because I hate that sort of thing. But he's the bigger name. He's a bigger draw, as you would say. Yeah. Um, he's just got that extra it factor. Yeah. Um, and the fans love him as well. So. Yeah, I think he. I think he. And and I think he can put on some amazing matches with other people in that division. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always seen as a bit of a cruiserweight division, and I think we mm-hmm. sort of lost that when Brian Cage was champion. Now, don't get me wrong, Brian Cage didn't bring the title into disrepute or anything. You know, the matches he had were stellar, but I think we are going back to more. You know, the tie, the X division as it was when it was first instated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the for lack of a better phrase, the flippy shit title. And if it means that him and Willie Mack can't be a team, I wonder if they'll have like a match against each other. You've already if he says, oh, look, exactly, yeah, and he says, oh, look, you're my friend, I'll give you a shot. And then maybe he gets a bit nasty or something like that. Similar to how Phoenix got his title shot against Johnny Impact. Mm-hmm, yeah. You're a friend, let's do this. Yeah, I like that. I'll be up for that, definitely. Um, we then get a creepy vignette with Sue and Dark Alley. Um, nothing really to say here. The camera kept flickering. It was incredibly annoying. Um, I have a feeling that we are going to get Ali versus Kira Hogan. Um, probably as some manner of throwaway singles match. I hope it's not at homecoming because I don't care. But yeah, we're probably going to have Dark Alley taking on Kira Hogan. Yeah. We then got our GWF flashback of the week, Garth. My favourite moment of wrestling. <laughs> um, and it's an Ultimate X match with Red, Suicide, Christopher Daniels, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. I didn't watch it, but I've seen highlights of this match before. Um, oh. It's where Christopher Daniels and Suicide very, very nearly die. And, I was uh, just going to say that, that that Chris Daniels fall onto his head. Oh, it's, it's Honestly, it's one of those where you, just, you can't watch it. You can't yeah. watch it. It's awful. Um, and Red retained the title. Um, didn't yeah. watch it, but I have seen highlights before anyway, so it's a good watch. Seek it mm-hmm. out. Um, then we got to the LAX clubhouse, where <laughs> Conan is still pissed. That yeah, absolutely. He's really upset. He's, he's not a happy bunny that LAX went over his head and challenged the Lucha Brothers to the match at Homecoming, 
and he says basically he's that pissed off that he's not accompanying LAX to the ring. They're on their own. Which leads into our match, Santana taking on Phoenix. Jesus Christ, Garth, this was a good match. This was a this was a pay-per-view level match. It was brilliant. Yeah. They gave it just under nine minutes, and I think if they'd have given it 15 minutes, we could have been looking at an impact match of the year. That's yeah. how good this was. For a TV match that wasn't the main event, this was fucking brilliant. Yeah, and Santana just shown what he can do on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And they actually made reference to that, the commentary team. They actually said he doesn't get that many opportunities to actually show mm-hmm. what he's got as a singles competitor. And, I mean, these these two had such great chemistry. Phoenix, just every time I watch him, I'm absolutely spellbound. Yeah. It's just so, like, captivating. Like, when he runs across the rope, like, holy shit. The thing is with Phoenix, like, he can be... He's one of my favourite wrestlers at the moment, without a shadow of a doubt. Like you say, he's captivating to watch. And when he's in the ring with an opponent like Santana, who they do have such fantastic chemistry together, it is awesome. And I think the problem is that with Phoenix is so many people will sort of put him as this ridiculously flippy thing that doesn't have any effect. But his his kicks and his back fists are Mm -hmm. fucking stiff. Oh, yeah, he does that rolling... That sort of spinning back fist and it nearly takes Santana's head off. Yeah, exactly. We had the rolling cutter from Santana. Yeah. We had a sit-out power bomb and an alley-oop, which was a brilliant near fall. Yeah. I loved that. That was one of my moments of the match. Well, had that, like a... sort of, that sort of transition from the alley-oop yeah. to the power bomb from the cutter, and it was a, it was it was literally like so smooth. It was two point nine. <laughs> yeah. Um but it well, was the, yeah. Um, Reverse runners as well, which th- that move always makes me wince. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I think it's nice as well that Phoenix did eventually go over, which I think I anticipated. Yeah. I don't know if you were the same, um, and I think it plays into that story of without Conan, LAX are there for the taking. Yeah, because yeah. they're painting this incarnation of LAX as sort of almost rash like, with their decision like lost without. Yeah. Which, you know... Like lost without the sort of um, Conan showing them what to do. Yeah, absolutely. But this was this was a fucking great match. This really yeah. was. Uh, we then had a Killer Cross interview, um, which he basically says a writing's on the wall for Johnny Impact, come homecoming. Um, That's just what he says, you can shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mackenzie, you can shut the hell up. Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I love it when he talks to the camera. Yeah. Um, basically Johnny Impact comes in sort of aggressively holds Cross up against the wall and Killer Cross laughs and says you know this is what I want this is the man that can beat Brian Cage uh, just after he called him a half-arsed husband which made me laugh um, yeah. <laughs> and there's a fleeting moment there's a fleeting moment where Johnny Impact sort of looks at him as though to go maybe you're right and then he snaps back into face Johnny and yeah. says stay away from me and Tyre and then he leaves and cross yeah, laughs. Is this sort of teasing that Johnny Impact's going to do something that maybe to sort of get ahead in the match with Brian Cage? Maybe. Dirty moves, maybe. I'd like to see that and then see a period of time where he just he, he regrets it. Yeah. I'd, lo- I'd love that. 
I'd love just that inner turmoil of Johnny Impact. You know, the squeaky clean baby face just being sullied a little bit. Yeah. I like that. I'd like that a lot. Yeah. Um, we then get a Kira Hogan promo and nobody oh, gives no. a shit. Um, <laughs> no, I've got right down for that. Oh, go on then. I was going to literally skip over it because it was I've that got, messable. Uh, it was so bad. I put, uh, please, can you send £2 a week to help? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like. It was like one of those begging <laughs> bloody adverts. <laughs> Kira in need. With the sad, like, dog eyes. Oh, Jesus. It was. It's, it is awful. It, it continues to be awful. Um, she said it's time to fight and she knows what to do. Hopefully, she brings back Rosemary, who can actually talk. <laughs> Please, God. Kira, you're improving in the ring. Stay in the ring because yeah. talking is not your strong suit. It still remains not your strong suit. You've been beaten up by your best friend, and I still don't care about no. what you've got to say because you still cannot put across sadness. Um, Back to Shady Acres. Yep. Where Eddie Edwards has escaped with the use of Raven's key card that he got in uh, the previous week. Um, Eli Drake arrives and they have an interchange so which good. had me in hysterics. You know what? It also almost had Eli Drake in hysterics. You could see him almost cracking up because Raven's obviously saying stuff that isn't scripted. It's like where, where as soon as Eli sits down, like Raven says something like, are you here for the week? <laughs> you can see he cracks a smile straight away. <laughs> I can imagine those two getting on really, really well in real in real life. Um, yeah. He said, <laughs> so Raven says, the whole point of you being here then is to tell me to tune in and watch you win. And Eli Drake goes, yeah, yeah you're damn right. And he goes, well, we don't get pay-per-view here. We just get closed circuit TV. Yeah. And Eli Drake thrusts off the chess pieces and just goes, I don't care where you watch it. Just find a stream of it. <laughs> and he's just... <laughs> Like he does all that, and then Raven just says, "Okay, right now it's time for dinner." <laughs> Orderly, he ruined the game. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was such an entertaining segment, and it really shouldn't have been. It and really it just, shouldn't have been. You know what? Like obviously, like Raven's there because he's friends with Callis, but I love that. I love the fact that he's not being brought in to do anything other than these two or three minute little promo bits. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But it adds so much gravitas to it. I agree. The, I mean, and the first time he showed up, I'm sure it was um, was it Moose. He says, "Oh, so that's where you've been all this time." <laughs> <laughs> like straight away, sort of underlining the fact that Raven used to be there. Yeah, and this is where he is now. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, this transitioned into a match then between uh, Jordan Grace and Katarina's proxy Ruby Rays. Not a lot to say about this match. Um, jo- this is the match that I feel that Jordan Grace probably should have had against Katarina with yeah. um, Ruby Rays, despite her size um, and obvious, you know, and her obvious lack of wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Grace went over with with relative ease, to be perfectly honest. And I feel like that was what yeah. should have happened between her and Katarina. She wins with a Vader splash. I'm happy. Jordan Grace continues to look relatively strong, and hopefully they continue look, to build her as strong. Con- continues to look so much like Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that even Don Callis is now pointing it out. He said it so, he said like, God, she's so much like Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says it without even knowing. He's just, he's just so entertaining to listen to. I love him. I absolutely love him. Um, we then had the aforementioned terrible fucking segment between Desi Hit Squad, Garma Singh and Scarlet. Um, I, I just I don't I don't 
care. Um, basically, it boils yeah. down to this fucking talent search, which is dead in the water, in my opinion. Um, and suddenly, Scarlet Bordeaux has the ability to book matches on Impact. Um, she books the yeah. Desi shit squad <laughs> against KM and Falabar because she loves it when men yeah. fight over her. Okay. Oh, God. Why, yeah, why not? Next. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we then got to our main event, which is Brian Cage taking on Moose. Oh, I fucking love this match. This match yeah, was, it was brilliant. Good. It was two hosses just beating the living shit out of each other. It was brilliant. The crowd were banging out as well. The crowd were really into it. And in fact, in fact, I think this was the match. Over the last couple of weeks, this was the match they were most into. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it was one of the first ones of the tape, the set of tapings or whether it's just because, you know, it's Moose and Cage. But they were really, really hot for this match throughout it. And these two didn't disappoint. It's like, fuck that, like, sort of, Moose was playing up to the crowd so much. Yeah. Just, yeah, love it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, straight away, we'd got Moose going for the slap on Brian Cage, misses and hits the uh, ring post. Now, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the commentary here because they actually said, well, Moose relies so much on chops because of his mm-hmm. big-ass hands. Um <laughs> And they said, well, he's going to have to change his game plan. And it showed that Moose was sort of incapable of doing that because he kept going, Jesus Christ, that was loud. Um, He kept going for those chops and couldn't because his hand was fucked. Um, But I just loved the fact as well that Brian Cage didn't squash Moose. Well, he didn't, but fucking hell, some of the moves he was pulling off, I was like, holy shit, how can you pick up Moose? Yeah. Absolutely, like, it was incredible. He, he did that um, sort of apron suplex, like over the rope suplex. Yes, yes. Just, like deadlifted him over the rope. It's like holy shit. Well, I thought that was the end. I thought that was the finisher. Um, uh-huh. but apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, the spine buster was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah. there was brawling on the outside, but the brawling on the outside didn't feel forced. Um, there was the power bomb and sent on from Moose, a lovely pop-up power bomb, which you know, I thought that was the end very, very briefly. Um, there was a very, very sloppy power bomb later on, which yeah. Don Callis covered by saying, "Oh, Brian Cage's knee went," and it yeah. was it was a sloppy power bomb. And was to be did... honest, it was lucky that Moose didn't get hurt. He just didn't have enough to pick up, did he? No, he didn't. And it was a nice story beat, but then following that power bomb, Cage comes off the rope, instantly gets hit by Moose with a spear, and it was it was just, especially towards the end, it was just hit after hit after hit. The lariat exchange where Cage, uh, sorry, Moose hits Cage with a lariat, mm. he goes down, he goes for another one, Cage hits Moose with a lariat, and Moose literally does the head over heels flip for it as well, the cell. It looked like a Cage like legitimately hurt his arm as well. It did, yeah, and. Again, Don Callis said that's a poor muscle. But this shows how much I'm invested in the main event of Homecoming because I was like, fucking hell, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I've I checked afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there any news? Uh, there isn't, as it transpires. Yeah. Um, but there's just also a bit where Moose bites Brian Cage. <laughs> just, just bites him. Right in front of the referee as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. But this is, something, this is something I wanted to talk to you, actually, about the inconsistencies in impact refereeing. Because in the main event of last week, Moose just dragged the referee out. Didn't get DQ yeah. for it. What? Why? 
Maybe they're just scared of moose. Mate, I'd be scared of moose. He's fucking enormous. Um, <laughs> I tell you, he's not scared of moose though. Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards yeah. returns wearing a hospital gown, no shoes, which was entertaining. Um, yeah. But then he beats the living piss out of Moose. Um, yeah. Hits a suicide dive, cane. hits a plunger, finds Kenny, beats the living shit out of him with the cane. He teases a powerbomb onto the ramp that obviously Moose hit Eddie mm-hmm. with before, and Moose runs away. We are getting Eddie Edwards against Moose in a Falls Count Anywhere match at Homecoming, and I am fucking excited. Yeah. I oh. hope they go back to the club. <laughs> yeah. That club just appeared out of nowhere. I forgot, with the fucking massive table. Yeah. The table that went on for days. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I hope not. I really, really hope not. Um, (laughs) Overall, though, Garth, I really enjoyed this show. I mean, this was such a captivating show. They kept the shit to a minimum. And this could have, in theory, been... a a go-home show for Homecoming. I know we've got one more show in January, but this could have been the, mm-hmm. the go-home and I wouldn't have minded at all. That was was a really good sort of end of the year, yeah, definitely. absolutely. And I know that, obviously, Homecoming is one of the first pay-per-views of the year um, and it's going to be part of an absolutely fucking stellar weekend because Wrestle Kingdom's that Friday. So, But I <laughs> think Homecoming is going to be you know, looking at the card and hoping that Impact don't disappoint. They haven't disappointed in their last two pay-per-views. If they don't disappoint, this could be a legitimate contender for one of the pay-per-views of the year. Yeah, and that's, very early on as well. And that's six days into the new year. That's how mm. that's how strong this card is. Yeah. But... Can't wait. Yeah, neither can I. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got time for on the Impact podcast. Uh, the next two weeks of Impact tapings are now just best of 2018, so we are not reviewing those. There's absolutely no point us reviewing those. We may throw our retro review in that we were supposed to do before, but never got round to it, of TNA Lockdown 2008. In fact, we will record that at some point and put that out, because it was a great show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not reviewing the best of 2018 because there's no point if you want to hear our best of 2018 just listen back to the podcast subscribe on itunes and Castbox. it'd be great <laughs> leave us a five-star review it'd be brilliant thank you to those people that have by the way because it has officially lifted us in the charts so thank you we do really appreciate that um here. <laughs> but we'll be back in the new year reviewing impact we'll be back with our um review of the homecoming go home show uh, we'll preview Homecoming as well, and of course we'll have our Homecoming review as well. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. You can talk to me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Garth, where can they find you, my friend? Uh, at Drummer Jackson. Uh, you can follow up Podmania at, at Podmania. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can subscribe, as I've already said, to the podcast on um, iTunes. And on CastBox, don't forget to check out the website, www.podmania.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, have a lovely Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll see you in the new year. Thanks a lot. All the best. Bye-bye.